we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for January 30th, 2023. We're going to switch gears here, and which is another reason I wanted to stop the last part because this is a totally unrelated subject as to what we were talking about. And this is one that <clears throat> I've I've actually put this in a lot of um, the um, the teachings I've done, or I'm sorry, newsletters. Th th this has been in a lot of my newsletters, but I've never actually done a teaching, and this is like a little mini one, but it's gigantically important, um, <clears throat> especially if you know you're going to have a baby and, and this type of thing the dark side of fetal ultrasound what have been the permanent damaging effects of ultrasound technology in our society are there natural alternatives for monitoring baby's health while they're in the womb i'm going to play the video here this is almost a 14 minute clip i, I really this is all i'm going to do about this subject for today but i, I want to give it a little bit of play time here uh, because I have never covered this while I have put it in many newsletters and I really advise if, if I put out a newsletter you know that you go through it I mean at least look at the titles of the things because a lot of times those are things I, I don't have time to cover and then at the end of all my newsletters you're going to get into um, like a lot of what my listeners have sent me not everything but some of the things I think could be noteworthy and my other listeners might want to know about. And um, I'll post those as well. So the newsletter sign-up is, you go to contendingfortruth.com and it's on the right-hand side. I would click on both boxes. It says health and Christian. I need to do that. But in order to just amalgamate it into one, it's going to be a nightmare. And um, <clears throat> for now, just click both boxes. It's all free. And then um, you should be subscribed, and you should start getting those. And if you if you haven't gotten my newsletters in a long time, just go go to the website and resubscribe, or make sure they're not going into the spam folder and that type of stuff. So, anyway, I'm going to let uh, these ladies who are knowledgeable on this subject have this little roundtable discussion here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tea Time. Um, we have Nadira and Sarah co-hosting with me today. We're very excited about that. And we have the most amazing guest. I am so excited about this show because this is yet another deception for us parents. Another thing that we were deceived about that could have killed our children. For the grace of God, our children are still here um, because uh, we did not know about what we're about to be told. So this is vitally important. And for everybody who knows a young parent thinking of having children or early pregnancy or pregnant, you have to send the show to them because this is again, as I say, another deception. It's called the dark sound of ultrasound. And here we have the most amazing- The, the dark side of ultrasound. Marcello, who has agreed to come on the show to talk to us. Woman of great wisdom. Ginny, start by telling everybody who you are. Well, I am somebody that is a medical researcher, and my path started um, because of my own birth trauma and the experience that I've had um, with my infant daughter, who I lost to the dark side um, as a result of not understanding what the medical establishment is actually capable of and what their technologies and their interventions are doing to our babies. So I've dived deep 
into this topic. I wrote a book in 2014 on the topic of birth trauma. And um, hmm. I think it was five years later. Yeah, or... it's called Birth Trauma, the Dark Side of Modern Medicine, Exposing Systemic Violence During Hospital Birth and Hijacking the hijacking of human love gosh that's a whole other subject janice um barcello b-a-r-c-e-l-o i mean yeah that's a whole other subject with the four-step deliveries and the extreme amount of uh force that can be applied to the head the neck um they talk about c-sections and and um that's a whole other thing you know, almost anything that's been amalgamated into modern day medicine has a very dark side to it. There's, there's typically, and this is no, this is probably one of the worst between the birth trauma, between fetal ultrasounds, between all the vaccines they start to give you from like the moment of birth, between the garbage prenatals they give the mothers, which don't do anything. I mean, uh, you, you need to have really good prenatal nutrition supplementation is, is about the only way i know of to get it unless you have like even if you have your own organic garden i mean it would be tough to get everything you need because you're trying to not only keep yourself alive you're trying to build a baby inside you i've got it simplified now biotics the one of the main companies i use has a prenatal packs and you really need the adequate amount of D3K2. I wanted to get to that subject today too. I know, I know I've covered the vitamin D3 incident, but I want to cover it more. D3K2, iodine, um, calcium. Uh, there's another another big one in there. Um, okay, what I what I did is I just added my little my little uh, section I have on uh, prenatal supplements. And what I really like, uh, the, the other thing was fish oil, okay, uh, is essential for especially the DHA component of fish oils. And the fish oils need to be obviously a very high quality filtered fish oil. And crucial for, for the baby's brain development. Um, the bio DK caps that I sell, um, that is also another one crucial for pregnancy. And you have to have... Um, adequate vitamin d levels uh, for it's linked to the child's iq okay the um iodine is also essential for the baby's brain development and iq and um i used to have four different things baby and me multivitamin bionate and then um my fish oil my my dk product a little bit of calcium in iodine the new prenatal packs that I've been carrying, now granted, it's not a new product, but I didn't discover them until recently. Biotics has. It's 60 packs per container. If you can get in a couple packs per day, which a, a container would last a month um, on the biotics, that would really pretty much eliminate the need. And, and you had a decent diet. That would pretty much eliminate the need of doing the other product, all like five different things that... I had listed previously as my parent. In other words, you just take two packs a day and, and with with a meal, and you're done. And make sure your your diet's good, okay? Um, because it has these other things that I list. It has the fish oils built into it. It has the DK. It has the calcium. It has the iodine built in. And um, 
that would, I mean, just be gigantic if all women did something similar to that. Uh, gigantic. And then also, the other factors we're going to talk about. They didn't get the ultrasounds. They didn't get their vac their babies vaccinated um, with all those poisons from like the first day and or after. They didn't go the medical route. They didn't, you know, the... That vitamin K shot's no good either. The the eye drops are no good. They're all the stuff they want to do is all bad. It's all horrible, essentially. Varying degrees of, you know, horribleness, but none of it's good that they're wanting to do. Um, the whole thing where they clamp the cord right away, that's also bad. Uh, obstructing the blood flow from the cord into the... It's just, there's a lot of different things they do during the birthing process in a hospital that is horrible. It's all about, you know, killing, destroying, and I'm not saying that the doctors that are doing it are all sadists and Satanists. That's how they're taught. Or the nurses, it's how they're taught. But there is much better ways using midwives and, and making sure that if you're going to um, get uh, pregnant, that like you would want to really be on these prenatal packs prior to that ideally because if you start them three months in the the, ba the foundation for the baby's already been laid and if you were in a horrible nutritional status going into the pregnancy a lot of damage has already been potentially done okay you start out on the strong of foot as possible you're going to end up having tons less problems most likely with delivery the baby's health the whole nine yards now it's no guarantee but you're optimizing things I'm a big foundation guy. Here we talk about if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the foundation, if you think about it, is the nutritional status of both the mom and the dad prior to conception, because that has a direct effect on, you know, the ovum and the sperm, and and then the mother then having, and then if she breastfeeds, oh, gigantically huge, the way God intended it, and was literally that's God's way of vaccinating the baby. It's through the breast milk. It's it's God's version of that. And imparting the mother's immune system in a customized milk for exactly the baby that was born from that mother. That is, you can't do any better than that. So um, there's so many things you can do to optimize that process. Uh, I mean, I didn't even know a lot about all the, and I mean, I, I look at Taylor like a super baby. Or I mean, she's not a baby anymore, but you know. <laughs> um she's like 25 but um i mean i look at the things she can do physically and the freakish attributes um from a physical standpoint and you know that she has she's also very smart and um just got a over a hundred thousand dollar offer almost a total full ride to a christian law school which may mean that I might be having to relocate. Um, so I ask you to pray about that because um, that would be a, an expensive proposition if I was to do that. And um, I, I, I don't beg for money ever. I never have. And But I think there may be a reason I need to leave this location where I'm at pretty soon and um that's kind of been a long time coming 
regarding that and and I really feel like God may be preparing me for that a lot of things are pointing in that direction a lot of different and, and usually I know if God's like getting ready to do something like that I'll, I'll start to have a lot of different little things not just one thing but a lot of little different things start pointing in that direction and I'm I'm heavily starting to think that that I'm going to need to relocate possibly in, in the next six months and you know it's I'm pretty entrenched where I'm at right now. And it's, it's, I, I, I kind of a nightmare scenario for me to think about moving, but, um, I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. So, um, one of the reasons we've been so efficient with the funds that we've got in here, uh, the, the donations over the years is because I'm extremely streamlined. You don't hear me. One of the reasons you never hear me begging for funds is because, I am extremely, and we're blessed to be in this situation where we're at. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely streamlined, and um, I don't have, I'm not in debt. I don't have tons of gigantic expenses going out the door, and I can afford to operate like almost no other ministries reaching probably as many as we, we are do, just as a one-man band type of thing not to say my webmaster is an integral but um you know he's kept the the website up and going i'm i'm the one that does all the you know the day-to-day and, and stuff like that but i praise god for my listener webmaster tim who uh, really started the continue for truth website right perfectly and that was god's timing when um, i had all those issues with sermon audio because they couldn't handle the the level of truth I was putting out. So anyway, just something if, if you could maybe put that in your prayer list. And, 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 I almost forgot to mention, I haven't mentioned it, and I need to now, and this won't be up on the website, at least not right now, but I'm going to go ahead and put this in my, um, in fact, I'm going to do it right now, um, regarding prayer requests. A longtime listener of mine, Susan, um, offered to start a prayer request page. Her and another lady, another Christian lady, are, are manning it. And um, I will post a link. This is a long time coming. Um, this is a very serious issue, this prayer request website. Um, and um, I will actually put a link in this I'm glad I started talking about all this because I was about to forget about this. Um, I'm going to post the link after the next, after my pregnancy protocol in the PDF. And the reason I, I can't really give you the email or, or the website, I can, but the website's kind of long and convoluted um, because it was one of those sites where you go and, and you get the website. Now you'll see like the continue for truth.com stuff up there. And it looks like it's an extension and it really is. It's an extension of our website, but I give you, I will give you a link in the PDF for today's date and you'll see it. You'll see it in the table of contents. You'll see where it's located there and it's continue for truth.com prayer requests. Okay. That's not the name of the website though, but that's the link will be there and you can click on it and you can go there and it's, it's for prayer requests. Okay, so my my thing is also is that I, I am totally maxed out with what I can do, really. 
And especially if I'm going to have to potentially do this move in the next six months, I'm going to have probably the least amount of time I've ever had since I've been in ministry because it would be a monstrosity of a process for me to do that. And um, I just simply can't do the intercessor thing and then do all the other stuff with the ministry. It's it's just, um, it's a, it's for me right now, it's an impossibility. And I'm not, that's not my, my main calling. My main calling is not to be a, some people are actually called, particularly women, a lot of women are called to be basically in ministry as full-time intercessors. Thank God for them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the prayer warriors out there. So I'll, I'll put that in there and, and you actually, you know what I'll do? I'll just include it in the table of contents too. I'll, 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 it'll be in the body of the PDF, but you'll actually see the link in the table of contents. You'll see it. Normally I don't put clickable links in the table of contents. Okay. But th you'll actually see this one in there. I might have one other link in there for this one too, which is really rare. But you'll see a clickable link in the PDF at the start. That way you don't even got to sc scroll down. Okay. And um, I will also start including this in the header. All my headers for my PDFs will be on the website. But from here on out, and I'm going to just go ahead and post it today in there. I'm going I'm to pause this right when I get done saying this. I'm going to actually put this link in every one of the PDFs in the header at the top so you can you know where it has like my email address the continuefortruth.com website you can click on this as well okay so it's just another thing that we can offer and uh anyway okay so from now on when if you open up a pdf for any teaching from here on out from um i can't do anything about the, the old ones but from now on from let's say january 30th on if I put out an audio, okay, it won't be it won't be in the newsletter ones, but if I put out an audio, you're gonna you're at the top of the thing, you're gonna see the website, you're gonna see my two different emails you can contact me at. You can you see my free gift of salvation and the true gospel, the good news. Then you're gonna see new and highlighted in green, continuefortruth.com prayer requests. Okay. And then the mild silver protein website. Okay. So, man, am I glad I actually started talking about all that because I wasn't even going to mention that. I it just, it just, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to add that in. And then there's so much to cover on a weekly basis. I kind of, kind of forgot about it. Okay. So what I did is I add, also added in the Scott Johnson's prenatal supplement recommendations and the, the prenatal packs from Biotics, um, there's a link now you can't order from the link um i do have them in stock and if i have a note here the links below are there for purely informational purposes for pricing or how to order contact um me at you know the website drjohnson at ix.netcom.com anyway the links the link is there and i think the uh the pricing on that but you're, you're getting everything in one. So instead of buying, like, I think five different things, and this actually has, probably has even more than if you, if you bought the five, five different products. But the pricing is, um, for those prenatal packs are 60, 60 for a 60 count. 
Now, if you were on a budget, if you could at least get one pack in, that would last you. But I just, I would prefer if a, if a woman were taking these. I mean, if her diet was really, really on point, yeah, I guess you could get along. And you're aware of, you know, the importance of the other things that I mentioned. Okay, yeah, you could probably get away with one pack. Personally, I would feel better with two in. You know, there's just so many things you can opt do to optimize the health of your baby, which is going to help your health during pregnancy as well. You're not going to come out on the other end so depleted. You're not going to have the massive, um, a lot of times, hormonal fluctuations, postpartum depression. You're going to be much, so much less prone to that. Anybody doing this, because it's an incredibly depleting process to have a baby. And nowadays, the soils are depleted. And even if you're eating organic, a lot of times those soils are depleted too. It's so hard to get what you need. And then they're trying to kill us 19 different ways to Sunday, you know, with the chemtrails and the GMOs and the, and the COVID vaccine shedding that we're dealing with and the 5G and the, you know, LED streetlights and the smart meters and the, the smartphones and all that other stuff. So that's also tremendously toxic and depleting. Stuff we were dealing with today, we just weren't dealing with, you know, you know, not even 30 years ago, so much of what we're dealing with. So, all right. And then I will have the, the, um, the regarding prayer requests, that link after the Scott Johnson's prenatal supplement recommendations. But again, that's also a clickable link will also be in a header at the top and then in the table of contents. So you should be able to find it super easy. All right, let's go back to this, um, audio here. Four years later, I published my second book on the dark side of prenatal ultrasound. And what I found out... And that's what it's called, the dark side of prenatal ultrasound and the dangers of non-ionizing radiation. It looks like she gets into the 5G and the cell phone towers. Now, granted, this book was a ways back, so she was, might have been talking about 3G, 4G, and now we got 5G, which is way worse. And again, the ultrasounds now are way worse because they're, I think, four... Um, 4D or whatever, whereas the ultrasounds before like 3D and the 4D, yeah, you can see a lot crisper picture, but it's just like going from 4G to 5G in the cell phones. It's it's a lot more radiation. It's a lot more damaging, I believe. In my research for ultrasound is that ultrasound is radiation. See, I didn't know that when I started my research. I had planned on simply writing a chapter in my birth trauma book about the danger of prenatal care, because I know what they're doing during prenatal care is harmful. Um, but once I jumped into the rabbit hole about ultrasound, it, it, it is a bottomless pit of extreme darkness what's going on with this technology. So the book that I produced is only part one of the story. It contains close to 1800 citations to back up the wow. information that I'm gonna share with you today. And I can very clearly state to you that the Food and Drug Administration has known for many, many decades about the harm that this technology is causing. Just, just like the vaccines, just like all the other horrific things they've done to us to kill us off, the medical pharma cartels. What a wonderful, you know, organization that is. You know, they've, they've got our back in so many different ways. And I'll give you one um, 
brief example that in the 1980s, <clears throat> a very important scientist called Doreen uh, Liebeskind had done research into ultrasound, and she found that a single exposure to this technology produces the same level of genetic damage as 250 chest x-rays. That's oh. one single exposure right. to ultrasound is the equivalent of 250 chest x-rays. Now, what we are told repeatedly by the lying medical establishment is that ultrasound is just sound waves and therefore perfectly safe to be used during pregnancy. Now, I am here to make it very clear that in the FDA's own website, you can look in a section called radiation emitting products under which you will find ultrasound. And in this section, the FDA will lie to you and say, well, they'll admit that ultrasound is non-ionizing radiation, okay? But they also then go right into the lie that says non-ionizing radiation is not dangerous the way that ionizing radiation is. So that is a bold-faced lie because when you're talking about exposure from ultrasound, it's worse than an x-ray because an x-ray is a, a split second exactly shot yep whereas that they're holding that ultrasound transducer right that is irradiating our babies and our eggs and they're holding it there for god knows how long i mean this radiation component i mean yeah it, it, i i took all kind of extra training in x-ray when I was in chiropractic college, we, we get a lot of training in that, but I actually was part of what they call a green code program at life college. And, and I actually did way more than that. I really was intrigued with x-rays and I mean, you'll put lead shields on, um, over the late, over the female's ovaries before you do a x-ray and then, and that's a, that's instantaneous. I mean, it's, it's very, very quick. Um, or gonadal shield over a male and to protect, you know, the uh, sperm and the eggs and these types of things. But there's no precautions at all for the ultrasound she's describing. Now, the, the type of ultrasound she's describing is um, diagnostic. They're doing 4D now four-dimension diagnostic ultrasound on the babies and it yeah you get a lot crisper picture but i believe it's a lot more uh, probably more radiation more that they're using there and i really can't even imagine what the ramifications may be regarding that whole thing and the longer they hold it there the more likely it is to create genetic damage extreme heating problems, yes. brain damage, neurological harm, organ damage, the list goes on, also reproductive harm. They have known since 1955 that ultrasound causes reproductive damage. And do you know what? They're actually using this technology 
as a form of male contraception. Hmm. That is because two 15-minute blasts to the adult male scrotum, and you have a minimum of six months infertility. Oh, wow. And the infertility can be permanent. Of course, if the infertility is not permanent, the quality of the sperm that come after the radiation exposure is in question. Oh, yeah. Because of the radiation... They're going to be permanently damaged from that point forward. ...exposure. So they've known that ultrasound causes um, a halt in sperm production. They also know it causes extreme heating. And this is why they can oh, use... I can attest to ultrasound can cause extreme heating. I mean, it's the one modality when I was taught it and when I used it in practice early on, um, like back in the early 90s, it's the one modality, but you better you better be not uh, messing around. I mean, I was using interferential. Granted, you could you could turn up interferential too high, but the patient's going to let you know. Um, if you do not have the ultrasound set at the right levels and this is for therapeutic and i'm assuming that a lot of the same factors apply here totally different application but um i'm assuming that um you know it's similar you have to move that transduce transducer head on the ultrasound fast enough if you don't and you have it set too high especially if you don't have your parameters set right the tissue will heat up, and it is it is a pain. Like you, you could use it as a torture device. Easy, you could use it to bust bones with that wave that it's putting out and the heat that it can generate. You have to keep that head moving with the ultrasound lotion constantly. Um, they're not really doing that with diagnostic. There, a lot of times they'll get on an air and just leave it there. And to me, that's even worse because then you can really allow that heat and the damage that it's doing to build up. You you don't really typically, you don't ever keep the transducer head stationary when you're using therapeutic ultrasound. I wouldn't use it at all now, knowing what she's talking about here. But um, it's a feeling unlike anything you've ever felt before. And I've, I've had it done on me. I mean, I've done it on myself and not moved the transduce, transducer head fast enough or maybe had it set a little too high getting a little too aggressive and um it'll light you up so imagine you know with a baby potentially i, I understand it's a different application it's diagnostic i get it but this lady has wrote a whole book on it has 1300 citations scientific citations on it and they they know about these things is it as a form of what they call non-invasive vasectomy because the heating from ultrasound is being used to burn the vas deferens of adult men and cause coagulation so that sperm can no longer pass through to the penis. I work let me just finish one more part, okay? I want people to consider... What she just described is barbaric. I mean, it's medieval, if you've ever heard that expression. That is... If you're using that as a form of 
contraception, that is insane. If this is what's happening to adult men, what is happening to the developing testes and ovaries of our babies yes. when that transducer is directed at their genitals right. to allegedly discover the sex. Mm. Wow. Uh, Janice, I, I just want to, I'm going to lead into Sarah in a minute who, who has a question for you. Um, one of the things that disturbs me the most in, in the day and age that we live in now is, so in my generation, it was one um, ultrasound at 20 weeks or whatever, and that was it. Uh, but now I'm seeing these young parents are going every single week. They're obsessed with seeing the growth of their child. But they're also, here's a bit that's worrying. Too many reports coming in of the ultrasound at 12 weeks or whatever the first one is they have. And they go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I think your baby's limbs are a little short. Your head's a little funny. So could please come back next week. So they're selling this fear to these parents. And each week they're going for a check. And one woman actually told me she was told that her child was a vegetable. And because she has faith, she, she was like, I'll deal with it. It would not live for more than, uh, you know, uh, not very long. And this child has gone on to have an amazing career and there was nothing ever wrong with it. But that's what disturbs me more than anything else is the lies and deception that we're told and the fear that's put into us. You've got to keep having ultrasounds or your baby will die if you don't keep a check on it. And so we're going to go straight to Sarah before you answer that, who wants to talk about uh, her twins, I think. Okay. Sorry, my computer. Okay, so I completely believe you and I, I completely understand that the government is lying about things. My question is more of a devil's advocate question because I did have my fourth pregnancy was twins. And I was told, obviously sold fear that we have to check on them constantly, ultrasound at every appointment kind of a thing. But at the end of my pregnancy, I was told that my baby B had a very weak cord and he wasn't growing appropriately and that I had to be induced in order to potentially save his life, you know, sooner rather than later, because if he's not growing well, then I am running the risk of a stillbirth, a stillborn birth. So I'm curious, are there any advantages to this technology and when should it be used if ever? There have been many dozens of studies confirming there is no benefit to the outcome of our children from this technology. And, th and when I say this technology, that includes ultrasonic fetal heart monitors called Doppler, okay, which also are exposing babies to extreme heating, which is causing miscarriage. You know, pregnant women are told not to get in hot tubs. Right and to be careful of heating because it causes birth defects and neurological defects. This technology is causing such heating problems that babies are being murdered while they're in the womb. And that is just one of the problems. In addition to what Polly just said, that there is a huge amount of false positives that are coming through as a result of this technology that are feeding into the medical establishment's um, cascade of interventions. You see, so they're pushing people into allowing the induction of labor, which is gonna seriously increase, you know, the risk of cesarean section and your babies ending up in NICU. If everything was left alone, the way that God, 
and nature intended, our children would be much more healthy. As it stands right now, our children have never, ever been this diseased and this sick. One in six children in the United States is neurodevelopmentally disabled. One in six children. One in 30 children is autistic. <clears throat> and when did autism start? 1970. Now, I never knew any autistic kids growing up. And I have covered that subject. Maybe there was a very, very small amount. From the research I've done, it was when they bumped up the vaccine schedule to a high level, I think in the late 80s. And they started including vaccines that were cultured off aborted babies. Given at birth. That's when, and I don't know if she even gets into that. I don't know. She might have tunnel vision. Maybe not. Maybe she does. But for me, the vaccines were what really was when really the autism epidemic exploded. I never knew one kid going through growing up in the 70s and in the 80s. I never knew one kid that was autistic. I didn't even heard of it. I don't even remember hearing about it until I think the late 80s. And that was when the, or maybe early 90s, that was when the vaccine schedule exploded. I mean, back then we weren't, we didn't, you didn't have very many vaccines. And then all of a sudden they just started increasing and increasing. And then the autism rate started exploding. So this is multifaceted. The reasons for the autistic and then a lot of the other things that, that have happened with children and babies I think the biggest reason is is the vaccines. This is obviously also a factor I wasn't fully, I wasn't aware of at all, actually. Um, there's other factors at play as well, you know. Um, <laughs> there's probably, you know, if we look at all the different ways they're trying to kill us, they, there might be 500 reasons we could list. What is at the very top? I think vaccines are at the very, very, very top. I don't think ultrasound is at the very top but boy boy this is this is very compelling information and this would be more of a reason why the baby's going to have problems before it even comes out of the mother in the birthing process obviously because they're not vaccinating the baby in the womb i've heard them talk about that but but this obviously is a gigantic factor when they started using ultrasound mainstreaming it into obstetrical care. And you see it go up. See, here's, here's the thing, okay? The FDA does a study in the early 1990s and discovers through their own study that babies exposed to ultrasound are, they have intrauterine growth retardation, low birth weight, so what did the FDA do at this time? They turned around and raised the allowable output limits on the obstetrical ultrasound machines eightfold. <laughs> so that the babies that came in after 1992 were being exposed to eight times more radiation mm. than babies from 1970 to that point. And then they brought in the vaccinations and the cell phones. Well, they've been vaccinated far longer than than um, ultrasounds were were in play. 
That was, okay, they increased the schedule around that time. And yes, then that was when the cell phones kicked in. I remember my dad was in two-way communications. He, he owned a two-way communication business. That was what he did. And I remember the first cell phones that came out, these big, gigantic clodhopper phones and stuff. Um, that was the advent of that. And yeah, there's there's a lot of factors at play here. So babies now are chronically exposed to radiation 24-7 thanks to parental use of wireless devices. She's also talking about baby monitors. And now this, I'm I'm about getting ready to close this out because I just only have so much time to devote to a given subject. But this goes on to the hour mark. We're going we're to go to about the 14-minute mark. So if you want to know more... Um, and this is, um, childrenshealthdefense.org, childrenshealthdefense.org. And I, and obviously I give you the link there too. Um, so in her books and stuff, we, they're, they're in the, uh, the titles and that I gave them, but they're also listed at the start of this presentation near the start. Which billions of us have told are perfectly safe also. Just the opposite is true. And then we bring our babies and our bodies into the medical establishment almost as soon as we become pregnant and say, bring it on. Let's have some more. If you know that ultrasound is more dangerous than getting a chest X-ray or even 250 chest X-rays, why would we ever say yes to this? And the, and the evidence is overwhelming, my friends, what this technology is doing. The heating problems alone have killed, I don't know how many, how many babies. You know, they have, we have things happening with the heating. So, for example, ultrasound and all radiation heats the bones. Mm -hmm. The bones are the first thing that heat up. Oh, yeah. That's what you feel when... You don't move that transducer, transducer head. If it's over a shallow part of your body, like if it's over like uh, a shot, not like not like a torso area, but over like a oh, let's say your hand or your wrist bones, you you got to set that ultrasound unit a lot lower level. You got to make sure you're keeping that head, that transducer head moving and has enough of the ultrasound gel on it, because um, you get to a real bony prominence and that's when you'll feel it, and it it is it will light you up. So I have a lot of experience with therapeutic ultrasound. Uh, so anyway, the, the rest, you can avail yourself to, to this. And um, um, I'm sure that they probably get into more resources maybe toward the end there where you can go. Now, on a related subject. Oh, and, and this, this verse kind of, uh, in fact, I think she quotes this verse later. And it, it is kind of related to this. Um, you, you, you look at all the ways that they're trying to destroy the babies of the human race. Okay. And she quoted this verse later in Revelation 12, three and four, and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. She was ready to deliver a baby. Okay. 
for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And we've got a scenario going on now where the babies are being devoured before they're even born, before they're even conceived with all the stuff that garbage factors that are factoring in with the, um, the mom and dad. I don't mean their garbage. I'm saying all the things that have might've been done to their body or, or they're being exposed to, you know, toxicity levels and the 5g and, and all the different ways, the chemtrails and all the different ways they're trying to kill us. And then they have a baby and then, and then they're ultrasounding the baby like crazy. And the mother's probably on a really incomplete nutritional protocol. And the, uh, the prenatals they give at the doctor's office, you might as well just flush them down the toilet. They're indigestible. They're just a whole bunch of synthetic garbage, really cheap forms of like calcium and, and iron and things of this nature that you can't even digest. And, um, you know, the babies are at such a disadvantage, but this is what the devil tends to do. He wants to devour your children as soon as they're born or preferably even before that. Um, the next one is called the big, big business of being born. Great movie on home births and midwives compares various childbirth methods, including midwives, natural births, epidurals, and cesarean sections, also known as C-sections. Okay. Now, what I do in these titles is I always make sure I, if it's a, if it's a really important word, I'll put a, uh, I won't put a comma after it because if you try to search for it and you don't include the comma after it, it's not going to show up. My, my search engines like that, um, my search box. So I make sure these are all, these words are all separate. And, um, what that does is it makes, if you're trying to search contendingfortruth.com, it makes it a lot easier to find the subject that I'm talking about. Um, while the United States has perhaps the most advanced healthcare system in the world, it also has the second highest rate of infant mortality rate of any industrialized nation. Um, now, this was in 2008. I'm not sure where we're at now. Okay. But, and many have begun to question the conventional wisdom regarding the way obstetricians deal with childbirth. While midwives preside over the majority of births in Europe and Japan, at least that was in 2008, fewer than 10% of American mothers employ them. So in 2008, midwives presided over the majority of births in Europe and Japan, and probably a lot of other places too. Um, only 10% of American mothers employ them despite their proven record of care and success. How do American doctors make their choices regarding the way their patients give birth, and who is intended to benefit. The Business of Being Born is a 2008 documentary film that explores the contemporary experience of the childbirth in the United States. Produced by a lady named Ricky Lake, it compares various childbirth methods, including midwives, natural births, epidurals, and cesarean sections. The film criticizes the American healthcare system with its emphasis on drugs and costly interventions and its view of childbirth as a medical emergency rather than a natural occurrence. Uh, the film documents actual home births and water births. They follow a midwife, Kara, in New York as she takes care of and attends several births. They give the audience several shocking statistics about her current birthing techniques and challenges. I, challenges today's doctors. I think they're challenging today's doctors to consider this. Many experts are interviewed and they cite a multitude of reasons for the dismal statistics such as overuse of medical procedures in the interest of saving time. Now, I went and looked for this 
video. I mean, the way that the internet's been sanitized, it's just ridiculous. If I was just starting a ministry today and I was trying to do research, I mean, you're in such a hole. I, I've got a tremendous amount of links and things like that and documents and resources that I've saved over the years where I've been compiling information, honing it, you know, pruning it and have that. But man, if I hadn't started this 22, let's say 22, 23 years ago when I started probably really compiling this stuff in earnest or started doing it, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, it'd be horrible. Um, so this video has been almost sanitized off the internet. This the business of childbirth, is it? The business of being born, I'm sorry. And um, you can rent it on Amazon.com. And I don't like doing anything on Amazon.com if I can avoid it because they're so wicked. But there, I give you a link for that if you want to do that. But better than that, you can watch it for free. Um, on this Facebook link and you don't even have to have a Facebook account to watch it. I clicked on it started playing Okay um, Business of being born. Anyway, I give you the link here. It's it's in the PDF and um, Just follow the table of contents and, and then kind of you know follow it down. You'll find it now my longtime listener um, uh, She really wanted me to cover this information and just a little snippet of what she said a friend of mine who is a midwife got three to four times more calls after the movie played in her town she already had a full practice and then needed to train another midwife to work with her for home births to deal with the overwhelming call she received after that powerful film played in her town for several months yeah it's just a matter this is what i mean this is good knowledge you know there is something so profound about the majority of persons being born in this medical system that carries over for life, and it seems to be such a huge part of the COVID-19 brainwashing. It is on such a deep level, as I'm sure you know, this trust, this idolatry, this dependent on this corrupt system associated with the wonderful gift of birth, then there's that psychologically, then that is then psychologically is retained. Um, and falsely transferred to other generations, meaning this medical mindset that, you know, and there's probably a lot of spirits at play here, you know, as well. Um, I give my, I mentioned this earlier, I give my um, Scott Johnson's prenatal supplement recommendations and um, the prayer request thing. Then the next report is um, woman's experience using the Amazon palm scanning payment machine goes viral. A young woman's video promoting the Amazon One palm scanning payment machine is going viral. The European lady uses the Amazon device to scan her palm, which is then linked to her credit or debit card used at checkout where she again scans her palm to pay for products. Okay, so um, this is, uh, I believe, a woman promoting this. She's at, a, she's at uh, some grocery store and uh, definitely looks like a health food store. Because I'm looking at what they have in the the uh, aisles. Like, you know, I'll tell you like what's in the aisle. It looks like a health food store. So she said, I just paid using... Well, you'll hear. I just paid using only my palm at the grocery store. And she's showing her doing it. And I, I love the cashier. She's got pink hair on one side and orange hair on the other. I always want to ask people that have that type of hair. I'm like, it, it, I just want to go up to them. 
is that your natural color? You know, just ask something really, really stupid, you know. I don't know. I just, is that pink and orange? Is that your natural color? Um, anyway, sorry. Teasing. Credit cards and cash. Let me show you how it works. You need to sign up an Amazon One kiosk. You insert your credit cards and the machine scans both of your palms. And she's showing herself doing this. She's putting her credit card in this Amazon thing and then it scans her palm right there. And again, this is as close to the mark of the beast-like thing as I've seen yet. Because this is going to be essentially the same concept of, you know, scanning your you know, your right hand or your forehead, like the mark of the beast. Now, this isn't the mark of the beast, but this is training us for that that system. You enter your mobile number and agrees with terms of use. You're all set. I didn't believe that it worked that simple and decided to check it straight away. I just got something to drink and went to the cashier. And this is the moment. So I... she takes it to drink and she's showing herself doing this and she's scanning her palm. She's got her drink, and I guess they registered the drink, and she's scanning her palm, and then it's paid. It just paid using my palm. Can you believe? What do you think about this technology? Oh, this is wonderful. I mean, where do I sign up? Uh, anyway, um, I wanted you to just kind of understand. Now, this is going on in America um, as well. I don't know if that was in America or not I couldn't I know she sounded foreign but it looked like an American store so I'm a little sketchy on that uh, did it say there you know European lady but I don't know I don't, I'm not 100% sure if that was actually a European store but um, this was covered an article over nine months ago after they were installed at an Austin Texas Whole Foods market Whole Foods is big on this Whole Foods is pure evil just so you guys know unbelievably pro-abortion unbelievably pro they, their, their covid policies were some of the mask wearing policies were some of the worst i wouldn't give them a dime i mean nothing uh local news outlets even picked up on the controversial technology okay so i'm gonna go ahead and play this quick local uh newscast clip Move over Apple Pay. Amazon is trying to muscle its way into your digital wallet. Amazon is ramping up its contactless payment system nationwide that works by scanning the palm of your hand right there. Kit Doe takes it for a test drive. So the new payment systems have been rolling out across the country for the past year. Finally, here in the Bay Area, we get our very first one. Now, he's fully masked, just so you know, because I, I don't want any of you to think you're going to catch COVID from listening to this video so he's like the good little nazi he is he's got his mask on inside his i'm i guess this is uh whole food i mean it's just, it's just anyway and it launched this morning you really gotta hand it to amazon will you be paying with your palm today for trying to put the future Ugh. of payments right yeah two people wearing masks in in a amazon bookstore with a nice barrier between them um and then now and now contactless paying system with your your palm i mean what more i mean just you know why don't you just take the mark of the beast right there come on just throw a chance to the wind palm of your you know right there perfect it's called amazon Ugh. one a new contactless payment system that launched for the first time in northern california at their store in santana row 
to sign up, first insert a credit card, and then hold your hand over the special camera. It'll scan the lines, ridges, and even pattern of veins inside your hand. The algorithm then creates a unique palm signature. The whole process takes about a minute. And you can just hold your hand right over it? Tommy, alas, was the first person... Oh, God, I love this guy. This next guy doing it, the, the gay guy here, he's obviously gay, checking him out, and which is perfect. And the guy that's there at the Amazon Books has a nice, wonderful Slayer. I think it's Slayer. Yeah, it's got the upside-down pentagram and the Baphomet on, on his shirt. Nice, nice uh, Christian shirt with the sword and the goat head and the human body with the upside-down pentagram and all the other satanic accoutrements. Um, thigh high boots, which is a nice touch on the um, Luciferian Baphomet guy. Yeah, so um, this is perfect. I mean, this 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 is just perfect. This whole Amazon experience, I think, is just representative of what we would know, come to know and love when dealing with Amazon. Bay Area to sign up. Uh, what you think? Uh, I think it was really cool. Very convenient uh, form of payment. That's this is the guy with the um, with the wonderful uh, satanic. Luciferian Baphomet shirt on that just got his palm scanned uh, and the gay guy helped him out who was checking him out and probably had some satanic book that he bought quick and easy Liz Gonzalez thinks the new technology could come in handy that was easy yeah. there you go. people like me I'm very oh. forgetful <laughs> I always forget my credit card or my watch and now I'm so glad they all have their masks on too because I, I don't again I don't want to get COVID by watching this and um, I, I just feel better that they're masked up. I don't need to remember to bring my palm. <laughs> uh, if anyone yeah. can get this popular, it'll be Amazon. Ian Schur with CNET says all signs point to this new technology as being safe and reliable. Oh, yeah. In the past year, yeah. the company has rolled out the palm scanners to 60 locations around the country, including mobile ticketing. It's incrementalism. That's why I said don't participate in it. Fight it every way you can. Don't give these companies... Your money, if, if at all possible, you know, and, and, you know, just try to avoid it. Or a concert venue in Denver and a number of Whole Foods locations. But for consumers, old habits die hard. The reality is that a lot of introducing new technology is convincing. This is literally bringing us into the mark of the beast, training for it. It's the closest thing I've seen yet. And yeah, anybody who is even remotely biblically literate would not want to hopefully do this to use it and how much easier is it to use than just pulling out my credit card and paying that way but we americans are very hesitant to jump on this stuff and so i am curious to see whether or not it's really going to end up going anywhere with us or whether we're going to wait until some other technology comes along in san jose kitto anyway i wanted to play that for you um let's see here all right so now we're going to switch gears again and this is, um, as we have consistently warned for more than a year, Operation Sandman has now been activated. The, the Saudi Minister of Finance, Mohammed Al-Jadeen, telling Bloomberg TV during a WEF Davos interview, and we're going to cover the WEF Davos thing that just happened, that the Saudis will gladly accept all currencies for settling oil transactions. And there's the link to the report where that's proven. The foundational pillar of the U.S. global economy, uh, uh, pillar of the U.S. global currency dominance, and its ability to export inflation to the world is based on the so-called petrodollar status. Now, I have reported on this exact subject 
many times in the past. I thought this was going to happen years back. I think what has happened is when there were shades of this, that this was on the verge of happening, the oligarchs and the people in the banking system had enough leverage to stop it. Okay. There's going to come a day, though, whether it's this or whether it's sometime in the near future, where this will happen for sure. And it will probably signal the end of dollar dominance. And it may then set in motion the weakening of the dollar to a gigantic, which I do think is all part of the plan, ultimately. Uh, I think they talk about that here anyway. Um let me read that last sentence again. The foundational pillar of U.S. global currency dominance and its ability to export inflation to the world is based on the so-called petrodollar status, in which the U.S. agreed to protect the corrupt Saudi kingdom in exchange for the Saudis demanding U.S. dollars for all oil transaction settlements. This agreement has been in place since Bretton Woods Conference in 1944 and has carried the dollar until today. But this arrangement is now coming to an end. Now, we'll see. We'll see if it's really coming to an end. It will come to an end at some point, and they're saying it has, but I've been told this before, and it didn't happen in the time frame that it was supposed to. There are very few Americans have any clue what this means to their assets in their future. Also, very few people realize that over 100 nations are prepared to renounce the petrodollar as the dominant currency for oil settlements. Instead, many nations are going to switch to using yuan from China or digital yuan, or the new BRICS-plus commodity-backed reserve currency that is about to be launched by China, Russia, India, and other participating nations. The dominoes have been set into motion, and as this plays out, it means the dollars will come flooding back into the United States as the world will dump their greenback fiat currency they no longer need. This means dollars will experience a rapid devaluation in their purchasing power and will be reflected in higher prices, like inflation in consumer goods such as groceries, automobiles, and more, which has already been outrageous. Although this will take time to be fully realized, it also means that those people left holding dollars will be uh, financially ruined as the dollar purchasing power evaporates. The government response to all of this is almost certain to include the new wave of mindless money printing, adding yet more dollar inventory to the flood of dollars being dumped by the nations of the world. The end game, of course, is hyperinflation, as the dollar loses not just 2% of its purchasing power per month, but it may even slide to losing 10 to 20 or even more per month in the final stage blowout. Think Weimar uh, Republic of Germany as the end game here. Among informed Americans and anyone holding dollars, protecting assets must now become a top, top priority. The means we should expect, this also means we should expect a rapid shift of excess dollars into hard assets over the next several months. Again, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But they're saying gold, silver, land, vehicles, ammunition, firearms, food, etc. Uh, check the comics, silver inventories if you want to know what the insiders are doing. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, hint, they are taking physical delivery of precious metals and emptying the vaults. Again, as I've said many, many times though, if you're going to go that route with precious metals, I would do it without creating a paper trail. Or, or some IRA thing. You don't want it in paper, you want it hard in your possession and you don't want a paper trail and in order to do that you almost have to buy locally from somebody who's not big brother sometimes flea markets are a great resource for that um reputable people though you want to check out because there are count there is counterfeiting that goes on so i'm not that's not my forte 
or whatever. I have covered that subject before, just keeping precious metals. You can hear my audios I've done on that, <clears throat> but I'm not going to go down that route today. I just don't have time. It also means that the prices we see today and almost everything are likely the lowest prices we'll see for years to come, <laughs> which isn't saying much. I mean, but yeah, it could get a lot worse. Okay, so I want I want to at least cover this this Davos thing that just happened with the World Economic Forum. Davos Watch: Globalists declare free speech and climate change the greatest threats to the world. Well, you know that's not really any huge news. It's expected the WEF or World Economic Forum plans to double down on climate change, calling it the greatest challenge of our time. Of course, uh, they don't plan to back off from getting rid of fossil fuels. Instead, the fact. Uh, that our electric grids are not even remotely prepared for this sort of transition. They're also planning for more pandemics and producing more vaccines even faster. Nowhere is there any mention of problems with the most recent round of vaccines or addressing of the death rates for working age people far above historical levels. Likewise, their push to digitize absolutely everything is not surprising. Davis attendee Bill Wall Zardari, Pakistan's Minister of Foreign Affairs, openly admitted that the WEF's plan is to create the new world order. Imagine that. The WEF declares they must establish a new world order. They also openly acknowledge they may not be successful establishing a new world order right now due to the times being hyperpartisan and polarized, but are hopeful to establish it in the near future. Republican Congresswoman Maria Salazar says the WEF that we need to give dignity to the 13 to 15 million illegals living, illegal aliens living in America. So we need to give them dignity. Like we like they're not getting enough free stuff. And, you know, sucking the country dry. Yeah, we need to give them dignity too. Um, during this disinformation panel hosted by Stelter, Brian Stelter, Representative Seth Moulton, Democrat out of Massachusetts, called for more censorship to combat misinformation about the COVID kill shots. Where does uh, this representative Seth Moulton draw his line when it comes to censoring online speech? He says, quote, I have a constituency that I'm trying to keep healthy. Oh, he's trying to keep them healthy. And I can't get them to take a COVID vaccine because of misinformation that's propagated on the internet. And that, and that is where this becomes a big concern. Well, spoken like a true fork-tongue reptile, Seth. Yeah, that's exactly what they, your Luciferian overlords would want you to say. Uh, NYU, and I'm just giving you snippets of things that went on. Okay, rapid-fire snippets. NYU professor Amy Webb bragged about the experimental messenger RNA technology in the COVID shots, um, inserting an engineered code into the genome of people who took the vaccine. Yeah, exactly. Um, breaking. World Economic Forum touts having a right-level permission to edit your genes, your DNA, essentially, and how the COVID vaccine was an engineered code with messenger RNA. And there's a whole little link there to that. Reports are also emerging that the Davos elites have fully booked escort services, like with um, for prostitutes, for the week. This is from, and they're not even trying to hide it. This is from um, a news report, thecountersignal.com. Switzerland media outlet are reporting that escort services are fully booked for the week in evidently Davos. Erotic entertainment provider Aragao told the newspaper, the daily newspaper, 20 
Minutin, that diplomats and businesses have hired their escorts for themselves and their employees to party in the Davos hotels. For example, our women have already been brought to Davos by diplomats and company bosses. Some also book escorts for themselves and their employees to party in the hotel suites, uh, said the studio's managing director. Escorts are being hired for dinners and subsequent sexual services. Hired escorts describe the clientele as more demanding and having higher standards. The customers are more demanding than our normal clientele. Above all, women with a model figure and top appearance are in demand, the manager said. So that's the kind of uh, debauched devils that are deciding the fate of the planet. Now, God's in control, but I'm just saying this is this is the kind of degenerate scum that you know we're dealing with who want to all give us a collective morality lesson and tell us that you know global warming and you know climate change and um, misinformation are the biggest threats to you know the free modern free world or whatever uh on the on the same note this is uh european commission vp vera javara claimed that america will soon pass laws criminalizing so-called hate speech like what i'm doing this whole session and every other teaching i've ever done okay that will be criminalized in spite of their first amendment javara made the remarks at davos summit on tuesday during a session hosted by cnn um ninny man brian stelter discussing the clear and present danger of disinformation that was the name of the forum so see somebody like me or somebody putting out you know truth information regarding exposing these devils we are public enemy number one okay and that this lady is saying that um america will soon pass laws criminalizing so-called hate speech in america uh she went on to say for hate speech we need people who understand the language and the case law in the country because what qualifies as hate speech illegal hate speech uh which will soon also be in the u.s we have a strong reason why we have this in the criminal law and this is why we need reputable god-fearing constitution-based attorneys okay to battle that and that's big reason why my daughter wants to go into that for that exact reason, okay? Because um, there's not enough of them. Uh, going further, Washington Free Beacon, she added that big tech companies need to do more to police speech rather than leaving it up to AI algorithms. Uh, police free speech. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just... just I, I could... There's a lot more that can be said, but th this is also related here. Uh, we have received word that Satanist Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, or WEF, has banned pilots who are vaccinated for, for COVID from flying the globalist attendees from Davos, Switzerland, for the group's annual beaming. Yeah. There's a whole link to the story, the whole report on that. They don't want anybody that has had the COVID kill shot, any derivation of it, flying their precious reptilian Luciferian cargo to Davos. Because they know there's a much higher chance that they're going to black out at the, you know, yoke of the uh, airplane, the jet they're flying for these degenerate scum and uh, crash the plane. And they don't like that. Because of the safety risks involved with flying a plane while fully vaccinated, Schwab has decided that all the precious cargo, meaning his fellow globalists, must be flown by unvaccinated pilots only. Pilot 
Alan Dana appeared on Maria Z Uncensored this past week to reveal that Davos elites continue to express interest in hiring unvaccinated pilots because they want to arrive safely without crashing. I've reported on this many times in the last months. He's getting calls now from wealthy businessmen and companies to fly their executives around on business jets with the unvaccinated crews. Dana stated during the episode, referring to Josh Yoder, the head of the U.S. Freedom Flyers and any vaccine mandate group, you can watch this clip at, and there's a link here. Okay, so just more reason to see how these kill shots are so bad. Um, Next report, cryptocurrencies to control the masses are being discussed at the World Economic Forum right now in a guide released to encourage the development of the future crypto-based economy. Uh, the tokenized future economy is part of the WEF this year, running from January 16th to the 20th. WeForum.org formally announced its topic back in January 2nd. The key messages from their announcement were, number one, 2022 was a terrible year for cryptocurrencies. Well, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. With the loss of $2 trillion in market value. I have done nothing but warn about these things since they came out. This, you have to have a cryptocurrency. You have to have blockchain in order to have the mark of the beast. You've got to have everything digitized so they can put it in a chip in your right hand or your forehead, which you'll scan just like they're doing with the Amazon palm scanning, getting you trained for that. You have to have that in all digital form. You cannot have any kind of, of um, paper money or coinage in circulation. And in order to get us there, you got to have cryptocurrencies. You've got to have everything in digital form. That's what gets us there. That's why I'm so against it. Okay. And there was $2 trillion in losses last year in cryptocurrencies. We could see the handover of crypto technology and blockchain infrastructure to more regulated and established institutions. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And then cryptography and blockchains will continue to be integral parts of the modern economic toolkit. The WEF even published a guide to encourage development of a crypto-based future economy. Leaders in economics are messaging that cryptocurrency is here to stay, that a tokenized economy will consume our future financial interactions, whether you and I want them or not. Adoption of digital assets is underway. Yeah, but again, I always say resist the devil. The Bible says resist the devil and you'll flee. Well, this is way, one of the ways you can resist the devil is resisting this wickedness. <clears throat> Next report. They're tracking us. In obedience to the WHO, World Health Organization, International Medical Classification System adds new diagnosis for coding the unvaccinated. So now we're going to shift over to the whole COVID kill shot issue. As of right now, there's no formidable way to um, identify who got vaccinated for COVID and who was smart enough and brave enough to just say no to the experimental gene modification. Um, They're calling it drugs, but I don't wanna really call it a drug, but yeah. But this is about to change. As the International Classification of Disease or ICD system is getting a brand new medical code for the unvaccinated. With the approval from the United States, the WHO is implementing the new digital diagnosis code as a type of scarlet letter for the purebloods, who are apparently a threat to the establishment. Of course we are. Once in place, an unvaccinated person's medical records will be given the yellow star armband, like armband, like they gave the, the Jews in Nazi Germany. You got that yellow star. Oh, you're you're lower than you're you're scum. You're you're not worthy of life, you know. Um 
they will be given the yellow star armband, meaning the unvaccinated. And, and, and you could have probably had every vaccine on the planet, but if you don't have the COVID one, oh boy, because that's the main one that takes you out. Um, indicating that he or she refused to take the spike protein, the bioweapon, the graphene that the COVID shot is and all the other toxins that are in there. Most people are familiar with international codes in the context of billing, medical billing. Th- this unvaccinated code, however, is more of a branding tool that lets the medical establishment know who still has DNA made in the image of God as opposed to damaged DNA made in the image of Pfizer or in Moderna. Following the passage of Obamacare, ICD code coding really grew into electronic data mindset, data mining beast. Yeah. According to the WHO website, and that's another thing with these palm scans, it's just data mining. It's just more ways they're getting data on you. Data, 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 data. You know, which are all stored in their super Luciferian supercomputers. Um, uh, according to the WHO website, some 1.6 million different clinical situations can now be coded. And unless doctors and other medical professionals use these codes, they risk not being reimbursed by insurance companies for services they rendered. And again, it's you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, you know, so a lot of people gave the kill shots because they didn't want to lose their job. You know, it's you know, got decisions to make, you know. Uh, it is a compulsory system, in other words, that does not tolerate the non-compliant. This bodes ominous for the unvaccinated who face possible discrimination when seeking health care services. Yep. Uh, then, next one. Why do some people's personalities suddenly change after receiving the messenger RNA kill shots? Now, I've covered this a lot. I've got a whole file on the spiritual implications of taking the COVID gene therapy bioweapon. Okay, a, a gigantic one at this point, but this is just more uh, information. In this video, experts explain how the messenger RNA transjections not only cause physical damage to some organs, but how they also damage the small capillaries in the brain, override the blood-brain barrier, and eventually lead to massive personality changes. They also discussed how the messenger RNA injections are literally breaking the will of some, those, some of those that receive them. Professor Bacardi and his wife, Professor Reese, spoke about the effects of the messenger RNA vaccine technology, which according to the proponent's plan will become the only vaccine available in the future and replace conventional vaccines, such as those for measles, flu, flu, etc. Now, I think what that means is that, and I think they're already doing this to a large extent, they're going to be using this messenger RNA, which rewrites your DNA, as a standard in all vaccines coming up. I don't think there's just going to be one universal vaccine that covers every single base. Uh, Satan wants to get you jabbed as many times as possible. So, um, author and journalist Dr. Naomi Wolf explains what the post-vaccination breaking of people's will will look like in real life. The psychiatrist Dr. Peter Bregan magnified the disturbing parallels of messenger RNA vaccines on the human mind to the effects of a lobotomy, which leaves the vaccination campaign beyond any doubt to be one of the most brutal, indeed savage crimes ever perpetuated against humanity. Absolutely. The COVID crisis has revealed that nothing remains too sinister or creepy for Big Brother Pharma to design and include in products that are intended for injection into the population in mass under the label of a, quote, vaccine. The video detail entails details and images some viewers won't feel comfortable watching, but it's very important for us to know and understand what this messenger RNA injection is doing to the body and mind of those who get them. 
only when we were able to understand why so many people receive these injections can no longer be reached by us, meaning you can't talk to them anymore because, you know, well, like I said, there's a gigantic demonic component as well with these vaccines that you don't see. Um, anyway, I give you a link to that video. It's way too long for me to even possibly uh, even play a little bit of, but I gave you, I gave you like the cliff note version of it. Okay. But there's the link here to watch the full video if you if you want to do that um next report getting vaccinated for covid is four times more for covid four or more times results okay i'm sorry getting vaccinated for covid four more times results in near complete collapse of the immune system bombshell study finds imagine that exactly what you know we've been telling you but yeah writer and former new york times reporter alex Berenson said that he has in his possession, and there's a link to that, gatewaypundit.com, as far as I put that, evidence from a study showing that the COVID booster vaccines push the immune system over the edge, causing an almost total collapse of the immune system. And it's it's not going to happen in the same manner in every person. Everybody's different. Everybody's system is different. And there's a lot of factors at play. But, um, yeah, in a series of tweets, Berenson wrote that based on the study's findings, no more booster shots should be given into any more arms. Here's more proof that COVID injections also cause AIDS. There's a link to that report. I've talked on that many times. Okay, they cause AIDS. There's a there's a fragment of the AIDS protein in the COVID shots. Okay, I don't know about every single one, but I, I most of them, I believe. We've talked a lot about that. Boosters need to be halted immediately. Halted immediately. Stack coming. Berenson wrote. Stack referring to the Substack blog. He also goes on to say there's a new paper. It's bad. How bad? I've shown it to two other physicians so far. One said he had a seizure reading it. That's always a good sign. The other said something worse, meaning probably profanity. The study comes from China, which is where many believe the Wuhan coronavirus originated it shows that after the fourth injection meaning the two primary jabs and two subsequent booster shots a person's immune system is pretty much shot no pun intended i guess you can get a shot anyway um a summary of the study explains that despite being unleashed all around the world under operation warp speed covid injections have no known efficacy and their potential adverse effects remain largely unknown this in and of itself suggests that nobody should be getting these injections. Okay, so this next report, this broke this week. You, you might have seen it. I, I'm not going to get into the video on this because the videos on this are a train wreck. I mean, it's they're in a restaurant. There's all kind of background noise. Um, it, This guy is so... Well, let me just read you this and then I'll kind of get into that a little bit. More satanic fruit from the folks giving humanity the COVID kill shot. Look at how this monster casually describes what Pfizer is doing. Jordan Trishton um, Walker is his name. Pfizer director in research and development. Okay, so he's he tries to downplay his role there, but he is the Pfizer director of research and development for the kill shot. Okay, the COVID... Uh, he's also in what they term as strategic operations. He's also the messenger RNA, scientific planner. He's also a sodomite, a pathological liar, demon possessed of the toenails. 
Watch him go into a fit of rage and anger after being exposed and confronted by Project Veritas. This guy is such a gaslighting, sodomite devil. that I, I have seldom seen anything like this video. He, he goes in there, at one point he says something to the effect of, because supposedly he was telling this Project Veritas guy all these lies to um, try to impress him so that he and this guy would have sex. Okay, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. And he's like, oh my word, like, you know, I was just trying to impress a guy. I was lying to him. That's what like normal men do in, in, in order to have sex with another guy. And he's doing this in, the, in his, and I'm like, I have never seen, th th these are the type of people that are at the head of Pfizer. It is so bad. He gets to a point where he just realizes, he tries to take control of the situation because uh, he's also like, he, he's like, I'd say he's Milano. So he's playing so many different cards here. He's playing the race card. He's playing the gay card. He's playing, oh, I'm persecuted card. And guys, people like that of this woke generation, demon possessed the toenails, are so used to everybody bowing down to them and doing whatever. He literally tries to commandeer the whole restaurant, lock them inside, take control of all the employees there, like get them, commanding them to do all these things, like lock them inside, don't let them leave. Um, um, calling the cops saying that he's surrounded by four white people. And I mean, it is so ridiculous. They were not, they, he was the only one threatening. James O'Keefe couldn't be any more cooler. They, they, they weren't, but then he starts attacking them. Literally grabs, I think, O'Keefe's phone, throws it on the ground and starts like pounding it with his hands. And, and then he goes into a fetal position trying to like pound the phone in and just going insane. I mean, then he starts physically attacking them. I mean, the demons in this guy that come out are um, almost unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, Project Veritas has some crazy stuff, but nothing to this magnitude. Um, and he just lies about everything. Just these types of people are just 100%, no fear God, pathological liar, you know, He's just got to get his way. He's just got to win because he's so used to everybody bowing down to him and him having his way. And Oh, it's so sickening. It is so sickening. Um, Pfizer executive says, um, well, I think we're actually going to get into that, but he says we're going to mutate COVID via directed evolution for, for our company. Um, the, the, we're going to profit off the vaccines. COVID is going to be a cash cow for us. Um, people don't like that. Don't tell anyone. And these are, these are quotes from the interview. Pfizer then, Pfizer director then assaults James O'Keefe during the follow-up over mutating COVID virus comments. Now, these are different links you can click on that I just read you. I can't play the video. It's too much of a train wreck. It's, it's just, it can't be done in any kind of coherent way on this show. I, I literally watched it two or three times. I know I watched it at least twice and I'm like, how do I play this? And again, there's background noise and he's, he's going crazy and there's other people interjecting, but here's, here's a, just some of the quotes, not very much, but, um, and again, this is Jordan Tristan Walker, Pfizer director of research and development, strategic operations, messenger RNA scientific planner. He says, quote, during the thing, he's 
caught on camera. You can hear, you can watch him and see him. He's he's saying these. One of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it? Meaning the COVID ourselves. So we could create preemptively and develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's like a risk, as you can imagine. He sounds like a... He sounds like a valley girl from like the 80s. Like, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, he's so weird, like the, the way he talks. And this guy's supposedly, you know, director of research and development and strategic operations messenger. And he's the most immature, demon-possessed dude I've really seen. I mean, dude's really probably not a very good acronym for him. I, I don't know. It's not really accurate. But um, he goes on to say, as you can imagine, nobody wants to be having a pharma company mutating effing viruses and then he says don't tell anyone promise you won't tell anyone i mean it's it's literally like a, a, a little you know fifth grade schoolgirl talking here you know uh the way the way the experiment would work is that we put the virus in monkeys and then we successfully cause them to keep infecting each other and then we collect serial serial samples from them so they're mutating it through gain of function and making it worse and and so that they can create something even worse unleash it on humanity ultimately and then have the virus i guess have the uh vaccine already in the wings ready and waiting to go you know the, the this is these people are nothing but vessels of satan nothing but pure vessels of satan they're walk-ins they're, they're not really human anymore i believe um and he was doing all this so suppose telling all these lies which weren't lies it was total truth so that he could have sex with this guy and that that's what grown normal grown men do you can hear him say it like normal grown men do we like lie so we can like sleep with one another i i've i mean it's it's mind-blowing literally mind-blowing what i watched but it's too much of a train wreck for me to try to play I can't do it. Um, all right, let's go further here. Bombshell. Pentagon controlled the entire COVID program. Now, the Spanish flu of 1918 um, caused by vaccines. Now, that is the total, total, total premise of my 2006 Avion flu tour that I did through the Prophecy Club. 14 City Tour. You can still buy the DVD today. If you do, just understand I have nothing to do with that profit guy at the whatever that they promote, Stan Johnson promotes, or whatever he says at the end. My presentation is autonomous, but unfortunately it's sandwiched between a lot of garbage that I don't agree with from what the Prophecy Club said. I also did the presentation on my own. You're not seeing me speak, but you'll hear my voice, and I put it online. You can just, just key in Dr. Scott Johnson, um, Avion Flu, and you should be able to find it. Surprised I haven't taken it down, but um, it's still up there. And it's a, it's a more updated version than what I actually even did in the Prophecy Club. So that was the whole premise of my 14-city tour, that the, that the vaccines were the main cause of, of the vast majority of deaths in the, the supposed 1918 Spanish flu outbreak, which was actually caused by the vaccines. And anybody honest enough to actually report on it back then knew it. And I give you all the quotes. I give you the firsthand accounts. It, you know, it's just, it's been sanitized. It's been, it's been, but you can, there's still a lot of historical record of what actually happened. So I'm going to go ahead and play this video here. Okay. So now this is, it's a little bit of a, it's going to cover a lot of different little subjects here in this 10, 10 minute clip or so. Uh, so it starts out with this first audio clip. 
Every study published... Now, this is Carol Baker, appointed chair of the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices in 2009. Now, this is 2009. Okay, this is a long time ago. But even then, they were having all kinds of problems with people not wanting to, you know, take their horrible vaccines. And this is top CDC official says, well, we'll just get of all whites in the United States who refuse the vaccines. That's essentially what she's saying here. Okay. Let me just back it up just a hair. Every study published in the last five years, when you look at vaccine refusers, I'm not talking about, well, hesitants, most of them we can talk into coming to terms, but refusers. We'll just get rid of all the whites in the United States because... Houston is the most diverse city in the entire United States. So we'll just get rid of all unites, the whites in the United States. And she's white, okay? Um, I guess that she can say that. And um, because Houston is the most diverse city in the United States. That, that's good logic. Meaning I guess they have like the most blacks and Hispanics. And we don't need the whites because we've got enough diversity um, maybe Oriental and other races where we don't need them. So we'll just kill them all because they're the ones that are giving us the vast, vast majority of vaccine resistance and the ones doing the research mostly and putting truth out there. And we don't like that because we're reptilian scum. We're Luciferians and we don't like, you know, the truth about this coming out. So we'll just kill y'all off. So that's, that's neat. I, I think that's kind of special, you know, that whole concept. Now here's a, here's an MD they're interviewing. Yes, I'm an OBGYN that practices in St. Pete, Florida. I can definitely say since the vaccine rollout started, we have seen... This is the COVID vaccine rollout. ...practice a decrease in new OB numbers, which would be infertility by about 50%. We've also seen an increase in miscarriage rate by about 50%. And I would say there's probably about a 25% increase in abnormal pap smears, as well as cervical malignancies in our area. Okay, so I'm going to have to read you this part. It was a common expression during the war, meaning the, the, the World War One. okay? And this is referring to the Spanish flu of 1918-1919, which is what, again, my presentation, the zenith of my presentation was fo focused around that, what happened then, to, to prove the other points I was talking about that the vaccines that were introduced to the troops given to the troops in 1918 1919 were what actually caused this supposed spanish flu outbreak that killed like at least 50 million people worldwide it, it could have been double or triple of that because number one they really don't want to ever give you an accurate body count that's always something they never do and number two there were so many people dying that they couldn't really get accurate body counts because people were just wanting to get bodies in the ground as quick as possible because they were afraid that they were going to be, you know, get it because the bodies would be contagious. Okay, so th this is a quote from E. McBean, which I'm pretty sure is one of the quotes I used. I believe it was Eleanor McBean, uh, lady that lived through Spanish flu of 1918, 1990, saw it firsthand. She said it was a common expression during the war that more soldiers were killed by the vaccine shots than by enemy guns. Yeah, I would definitely say that was the case. And now it's showing um, compulsory vaccination, U.S. Army, uh, 1911. 
Okay, so they, they, I think it was the first time they ever issued compulsory vaccinations in the military. It's showing, it's showing like the historical footage here. U.S. Army records show that seven men dropped dead after being vaccinated. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> a whole lot more dropped dead than that, but a report from the U.S. Secretary of War, Henry L. Stimson, not only verified these deaths, but also stated that there had been 63 deaths and 28,585 cases of hepatitis as a direct result of the yellow fever vaccination during only six months of the war. I'm just letting it play here. It doesn't do this real long. And it's showing one of the hospitals at that time over flooded with probably most likely Spanish flu 18, 19, 19. Army records also reveal that after the vaccination became compulsory in the U.S. Army, not only did typhoid increase rapidly, but all other vaccinal diseases increased at an alarming rate. Yeah, this is where it really started getting cranked up with the vaccines. And the military is always where they, they do it because they got you right where they want you. They kind of own you lock, stock, and barrel, and they can, you know, inject you with whatever they want the report of the u.s surgeon general of the u.s army shows that during 1917 there were 19,608 men admitted into the army hospital suffering from anti-typhoid inoculation in um in smallpox evidently as a as a direct result of getting vaccinated it was causing the very things that you know they were getting vaccinated for Army doctors knew all these cases of disease and death were due to the vaccination and were honest enough to admit it in their medical reports. Yeah. Absolutely. When the doctors tried to suppress the symptoms of typhoid with a stronger vaccine, it caused a worse form of typhoid, named paratyphoid. Then they concocted stronger and more deadly vaccines to suppress that one and created an even worse disease. Yeah, that's what was going on back then. It's a little more refined now. You know, I mean, they don't want, obviously, scads, 50 million people dropping dead in a very, very short proximity. You know, but back then, obviously, you, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have TV, you didn't have a lot of things where you could spread the word. It was more of a localized thing, and they could contain things better. The doctors didn't want this massive vaccine disease blunder to reflect on them, so they agreed amongst themselves to call it the Spanish influenza, <laughs> distancing themselves from any scandal or blame. Oh, isn't that neat? Well, I guess that's what you do when your conscience is seared with a hot iron and you have no fear of God, don't care about, you know, whatever. After the war, this was one of the main vaccines used in a vein... This is one of the main vaccines used in a vain attempt to protect a panic-stricken world from the soldiers returning from the World War I battlefronts infected with various uh, dangerous diseases. The only ones who would ultimately escape the influenza were the ones who refused the vaccinations. I, I guess they were talking about the... 
Medical historians have finally come to the reluctant conclusion that the great flu epidemic of 1918-1919 was solely attributable to the widespread use of vaccines. It was the first war in which vaccination was compulsory for all servicemen. The Boston Herald reported that 47 soldiers had been killed by vaccination in one month. That was Eustace Mullins, quote from him. I think it's about this part of it. It's about over. I just I wanted to play that because it so relates to what we're dealing with now. It's, it's the vaccine industry has always been wicked, evil, and always been used as a depopulation tool. It was no different back then than it is now. It's just they it's a lot more fine and in in some ways way more sinister even now. Obviously. Vaccines ultimately have but one purpose, to permanently alter the human genome pool, the human human gene pool, and weed out those humans are, who are stupid enough to fall for the vaccine propaganda. And for that nefarious purpose, they probably are 60% effective after all. Now, you know, that that's a little... <laughs> That's a quote from Eva Sneed, who is an MD, saying that's an MD saying that. I don't like to go around calling, you know, people stupid and stuff like that. It's just that's what that's what she said. It's it's a permanently alter the human gene pool and weed out those that are not smart enough to uh, stupid enough to fall for the vaccine propaganda. You know, yeah, it's true. It's, it's no different today, unfortunately. An estimated 50 million deaths worldwide from vaccines, and yet we are still allowing them to poison us. Well, that's hard to even put an estimate on that. It's horrible. So don't be stupid and do some research. Not for your own sake, but for the sake of your children. I think it gets into the audio part now. Top story now. A bombshell new report shows that the Department of Defense, yes, the Pentagon, controlled the COVID-19 program from the very beginning, and everything we were told was political theater, basically to cover it up, right mm -hmm. down to the FDA vaccine approval process. It was all theater. That means that human beings were used as props, essentially. According to newly obtained documents, the Pentagon used a combination of shady approval authorizations that are still in use, including the PREP Act, the Emergency Use Authorization, and other transaction authority, the OTA, all of which shielded big pharma agencies, medical participants that delivered unregulated vaccines from any liability and protected them, basically. We've gone through a lot of these documents and just showed how they are not on the hook for any of this liability. They're showing one of the documents in the background. Documents, these new documents, were obtained by a former executive of a pharmaceutical contract research organization. That person is Sasha Lydapova, and Sasha joins us now to tell us what she's uncovered. Thank you so much for coming on, this, on the show, Sasha. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. This is intense. I mean, when you first uncovered these documents, did your jaw just hit the floor or did you know that this is what you were going to find based on the breadcrumbs you were already uncovering? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I, I was really shocked. I was working on this for quite some time. Uh, so I first, my first finding was that these products were not 
good manufacturing practice compliant. And that I found right away when they started being rolled out due to extreme variability of adverse events and deaths that were reported per each lot of the of the so-called vaccine. So that was very shocking to me as a pharmaceutical um, uh, professional because we know how uh, high quality uh, pharmaceuticals typically must be manufactured. You know, they have to be very, very consistent. There should be uh, practically no variation lot to lot in terms of uh, toxicities or, or any other uh, performance characteristics. And these products were varying about thousand times lot to lot. So uh, that was extremely concerning. And uh, I didn't realize why that was happening, but I just knew that they were not good manufacturing practice compliant. I later confirmed that through regulatory documents. And then the final piece of the puzzle was when I uh, was able to see all these contracts from the DOD. They were released uh, based on freedom of information requests and also Securities and Exchange Commission disclosures. And uh, when I saw those contracts, there were around 400 that are now available for all COVID, so-called COVID countermeasures, including vaccines. Um, I realized that was really what was going on. Uh, the Department of Defense uh, used a very um, shady contracting practices and also used several uh, laws that were put in place previously, previous to COVID, to, uh, to do this, to shield pharmaceutical companies, to not conduct you know, proper clinical trials, uh, to do a lot of uh, fraudulent, I would say, manipulations of public perception, um, and all in collusion, obviously, with mainstream media and these pharma companies. And so as a result, we have this theatrical performance called uh, clinical trials, but they were actually not real. They were, they did not, um, you know, based on the laws that are used here and invoked in this process, the clinical trials are not required at all. Uh, and, and in fact, they cannot be conducted. I mean, that's one of, there's many, there's many really troubling parts of the story. We'll, we'll, we'll unpack a few of them, but that one stands out to me perhaps at the top of the list is the theatrics that were put in place for these trials. So there were human beings in many ways being used as props to paint the veneer that they were somehow going through deep trials to make sure that we were all safe with these vaccines. And you have, I know there was a, for instance, a 13 year old girl. Uh, they in fact had an ad, the Va Vaccine uh, Safety Council had put out an ad that was gonna run during the Super Bowl. Then it was yanked by Comcast. They wouldn't allow it to air which shows a perfectly healthy 13-year-old girl who went through this particular trial. They're showing the ad in the background that I, they weren't allowed to air. And ended up having all sorts of adverse events. So these people were used as props, essentially, right? Yes, exactly. And so the, the clinical trial subjects were deceived. Uh, and But importantly, most of the clinical trial sites and investigators were also deceived. And most of the FDA employees were deceived because this um, particular scam is driven from the top. Only few people, as far as I understand, at the top of these organizations, the Department of Defense, um, HHS, FDA, BARDA, um, their legal uh, counsels, they know. But then the rest of the regular employees... I'm not going to give just the top and just blame. A lot of people have looked the other way. Okay, at some point... These people had to have started suspecting, started to try to figure out. I mean, anybody with any kind of brain power would do that. So I just think it got to a point where you, I'm not going to just say they're all deceived. 
a lot of them were just doing it for the money, willing to look the other way, not wanting to be, there, there's a multitude of reasons, but I'm not going to make a blanket statement saying all the people except the very top were deceived. I, I don't believe that and rank and file and especially clinical trial subjects of course were kept in the dark and in fact under obama administration well, of course the clinical trial subjects were yeah act um amended i believe the uh, emergency use authorization or the, not the emergency the the uh, informed consent requirements such that subjects don't have to be necessarily informed of what's going on if it's deemed not in their best interest. And so again, through, uh, you know, it's too long to go into the legal history. There is very extensive research, uh, hundreds of pages of documents on legal history of this, but the, the laws that they're invoking to run this program do not require informed consent uh, and also do not require the clinical trials. So the people, and they're not under I'm sorry, this is un unbelievable. So the people involved in these trials they don't need to be informed about what is happening? Yes, exactly. So the, the informed consent rules have been amended under Obama to say that if it's not in the best interest of the subject, who decides if, it's, <laughs> if it is or it isn't? But that's what it says. So, you know, this, these types of things can be concealed from people, that this, this actually under, um, under emergency use authorization used during public health emergency, this is very critical. That's why they keep extending public health emergency beyond any, we don't have any emergency, but they keep extending it. Why? Because they need this. Right. Under public health emergency, yep. emergency use authorized um, these kinds of medications, countermeasures, that's a, that's a key word. These are not vaccines, they're countermeasures. So all these three together, they can use it this way. They don't have to inform the subjects what it is. They can use a lot of secrecy. They don't have to run clinical trials. They're not required because these products cannot be investigational products. That's what the law says. Okay, so it goes on for a little bit more, but I think you get the gist of of what we're talking about here. Um, that's all I have time for for the second part. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go as long as I can go to try to get all this information in. Um, I'm gonna be out of town most likely next week and i'm not gonna be able to get a study in so um i'm gonna try to do more of a little bit bigger study today to try to get this information caught up and then uh, lord willing see you in a couple weeks so god bless you and see you in part three